Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Into the Queer of It with Sandra, Liana, and Lauren. Hi. Um, we are going to talk about everyone's favorite topic today, work. <laughs> work, 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 work. More specifically, why professionalism is a fucking lie. I hate so, it. <laughs> it doesn't exist. So... For starters, I love a good quitting story. And Lauren, you have a great one. Why don't you kick us off? <laughs> Thank you. What an introduction. Okay, so uh, picture this. March 2021, a very, very depressed woman goes into treatment for mental health. <laughs> She goes on leave from work. It's at that point through 10 hours of therapy a week, she realizes that this work situation is just not working for her on a financial, spiritual, mental health, all kinds of levels. Um, I quit my job uh, after uh, four and a half years of working there at a nonprofit uh, in June, uh, fully intending to start my own business and go into communications consulting for myself. I manifested that shit. I'm doing it. It's happening. Uh, (laughs) uh, And yeah, I'm, I'm never looking back. I, uh, it was such a big deal for me. I think specifically as someone who's worked in nonprofits for my entire career to recognize that, uh, my needs also matter in addition <laughs> to uh, working at these nonprofits where like the people that we serve, obviously their needs matter, but I had so neglected myself for so long through that and with community organizing and everything that I had just burned myself out. And this is the first time in my life that I am able to like prioritize my needs and center my health and spend all of the time that I want to spend doing things just because I want to and not because I like need to do it for work or because a boss has asked me to or because I feel like an obligation so uh yeah I've been doing communications consulting as a contractor since uh August of this year and we're filming we're recording this in November um (laughs) and uh my uh one of my clients just offered me a job, which I turned down, um, which was really uh, against like my offered you like a full-time, full-time they offered job. Me a, yeah. they, they liked me so much. They offered me a full-time job and I decided not to take it because I like the flexibility that uh, consulting has given me. I want to be able to work remotely. Like I want to be able to set my own hours. Um and I read the revolution will not be funded again mm-hmm. recently. So that really also contributed to my um, continued disillusionment with the nonprofit industrial complex. So people yeah. need to pay me for my expertise. I'm going to protect my energy. And um, yeah, I don't really want to be mistreated. Not to say that I would be mistreated with my client. I think that they've... Um, it's, it's clear that when they brought me on that they really recognized my value. And that's something that was sorely missing from my previous place of employment is like, I really do feel like I was getting exploited. Yeah. Um, so being a contractor, it allows me to come into it from a completely different power dynamic, right? Where people are bringing me on for my expertise and they really want it. And I'm not just like a cog in their wheel. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's what's happening with me. It's happening with me. I love it. How freeing that you were just like, yeah, no, I'm not going to let like the fear of not having a stable nine to five stop me from doing what's best for me. And also like, I'm not going to take your job because I like the freedom <laughs> of like, it's so badass. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here for it. And yeah, nonprofits really, they really are testing us. I mean, and I actually just realized I met both of you through work, different works. Lauren Mm -hmm. and I met in college through a job that we both did in college. And Leanne and I met at a nonprofit. And before that, I think you had worked at other nonprofits, Leanne. I I had 
I know Lauren, you've worked in like several nonprofits and yeah, I mean, I think what, what nonprofits do so well <laughs> is guilt their employer, their employees and staff into feeling like they have to exact, do exactly what you said is stop caring for themselves to care for the mission of that particular organization. And they're so fucking good at that. I mean, I think people are getting wiser to it. Um, but, you know, definitely like for me coming out of college and I, I worked at two nonprofits, I had two jobs and I really felt like I just had to devote myself to both of them, adding, you know, a lot of things, layers to this, me being like an immigrant, a first generation college student, like there was just so many things that I didn't have the freedom of um, like not fully devoting myself into my work if that makes sense because I feel like if I didn't I was never going to to be given an opportunity to like you know rise up or whatever in the little hierarchies that they set up I had to like really like go out go all the way out and go full force and you know work through my lunches like I never fucking took a lunch (laughs) ever ever like it was so bad um yeah, I never, I always worked through lunch, um, just like, and that's just like something minimal, right? But it, it was a testament to just, I really wasn't taking care of myself. I was just working and like putting all of my passion and energy and everything into work, um, which, you know, being a quote unquote workaholic or like using that I, I've learned later on is like, it's a trauma response too. like, if you put all of your energy into work, then there's a lot of stuff that you're not thinking about. So again, I think there was a lot of layers and like a lot of things that contributed to that type of toxic sort of environment that I was also feeding into at the same time. But yeah, I think nonprofits are the queens of that. Yeah. And I think for me, so I have, I have both nonprofit and for-profit experience and honestly, they're both trash. Uh, <laughs> so, Fair. you know. If, if like, I also think like, I could completely agree that being a workaholic is, it is a trauma response and it's a way to escape. I will also say that um, the, like for y'all being first generation immigrants of immigrant parents, I mean, um, and for me being a black woman, it's also just the, who our parents are. So I will say like, for me, I can speak to my mom who, is in her late 60s so my mom was kind of an older person to have children and the way that she thought about work definitely impacted how I thought about work especially getting out of college so like in the boomer age like for them you worked nine to five you did do what your bosses do you did work through lunch and that was the way to show that you were a good worker it that translated to how we got jobs like you know knocking door to door being very annoying doing the things that you know if you tried to do today you're asking getting that job because you're fucking annoying. Like, you know, don't knock on people's doors. Don't all those things that we used to have to do. Like the culture has changed. And I know for me, that has, that shaped me, especially in the beginning, like my first job out of college. One, I graduated in 2010, which is the worst time to graduate. Took me two years to find a job. And my first job out of college was an $8 an hour job. It was for profit and it was horrible. And you want to talk about like really bad quitting stories. Like I quit when I was told that I couldn't leave the floor to use my inhaler and or use the restroom because like that's how much they were on you, right? So you had to like meet all these numbers. Like, you know, it was a, like, so I'm a a science nerd. So, you know, it was a drug testing facility um, and it was really, I remember I quit that same time. Like it took me so long because like, kind of like what y'all were saying, like you never want to quit. You never, not that you don't want to quit, but like, you don't want to seem like a bad worker. You don't, you know, you're, you, you put your all into it. Even into that really shitty job, I still went above and beyond because I think like being first generation, being a person of color, like whatever your demographics are, um, when you're not like a cis white male, <laughs> you always are striving to do the best. Like I'm always, like I'm putting in, um, like I'm always gonna be the hardest worker on the floor. I'm going to try, like that's what I'm gonna do. And that's what I did until the lady was like, yeah, you're leaving the floor too much. I had asthma. I dealt with chemicals all the time. Like I literally would leave to use my inhaler and she told me I was doing it too much. And I was like, I'm done. 
I didn't have a job lined up. Um, I was really, really poor at the time. Like we, it, it was a really bad time to do. Like granted, I took an $8 job because that's how bad it was. And I still just was like, I'm done. Like it was like, I don't know what it was. It was just, that was it. I was like, you cannot tell me when to like, listen to my bodily functions. Are you serious? Yeah, you like me? the most basic thing. Are you shitting me? Like I'm gonna go to the bathroom and if I want to take a 20 minute shit, I'm gonna do that too. Are you They're kidding? literally like choke. Yeah. Choke. Why don't you just choke? Like, just, okay, stop yeah. breathing. Fine. The clear sign that they don't think that you're human. Like they're not acknowledging the fact that you are a human being who needs uh, to do those things. Being. Like, it was horrendous. And I remember even after I quit, I found out that I should have had health insurance that whole time. And I remember I went to them, pissed the fuck off. Like, how the hell did I, how was I here for a year? And I didn't have any health insurance. They're like, oh yeah, well, we didn't think we qualified. Again, your employers care about you. Literally went to them and was like, hey, I have asthma. I am literally having somebody cross the border for me on a monthly basis to bring me an inhaler. Maybe if I had insurance, I wouldn't have to do that. Nope, didn't matter. Like I told you my problems, you didn't care. So like, yeah, that's the for-profit, trust me. It, I can't speak for everyone, but I know my two experiences of the for-profit world were just as bad. <laughs> it's like, it's a different bad than the nonprofit where yeah. they like guilt you. And like, like you said, like, well, you're trying to help out, for example, kids or something, you know, like you just want to give your all like, you know. Yeah, I, I feel like the, like the abuse of nonprofits, it's more yeah. subversive, right? Like yeah. it's more, it's not maybe, maybe for some right. people it is like, it's not maybe at that level where like, you're not allowed to fucking exactly. go to the bathroom. Right. But like, there's, there's this, uh, which is what makes it so much more like insidious. It's almost yes. like more psychological abuse than anything. Well, yeah. yeah. Right. Right. I know so many people who've like, scheduled their lives like their weddings and stuff around like yep. an, an event that they knew they needed to be at and it's it's this really strange like double-sided coin of disposability but also like we need you so bad we for your situation Leanna with your with with your health like they very clearly saw you as replaceable and not exactly. even just like you can leave but like right. literally you can die right yeah. in nonprofits too we get a little bit of that but then there's also like we need you so bad like these right. people need you so bad so right. you need to always be available for the greater good however they choose to define that you know I mean, it's, it's definitely like I, I in a lot of ways that is worse because it gives you like a false sense of importance or a false sense of like you really do you know good of for pressure the, of the guilt of, like all, all of that. that it's like you're in a relationship with an abusive partner like they like you know mm -hmm. they they hit you and they turn around and be like it's your fault no you're good. like no <laughs> you yeah. know um yeah it is it, it's very depressing it's very Actually, all of work is ghetto. Can we just say that? Like, I definitely may have texted someone to say that I would like to not work ever again. So yeah, the worst. I'm I'm like curious to know because you're both very smart people, and you do incredible work. I'm like wondering where your work ethic comes from. Like, where do you think that that really came from in your life? I, honestly, I think we might have called it with being immigrants, being first generation, being. P POCs. Like for me, I, like I said, I've always had to be, I'm the only black person in every room since, since I got into gate in school, which what a horrible. That's like the, part. that's like a gifted program, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I, when it became apparent, I was quote unquote smart. Like since then I've always been the only black person in the room. And of course that comes up with like questioning, except for in high school, I didn't realize people were questioning me because I was black because I didn't know that those things were racist. But you know, things were said to me when I was in high school. And I remember I would always try to work hard, prove myself, going to college, of course, trying to constantly prove myself, trying to be the best. I, I, don't, yeah. know how, I don't know how not to work hard, to be honest. Like if you give me a task, I'm going to try my hardest at it, you know? Yeah. I, I, I would say for me, yeah, it's definitely, definitely my parents. And just growing up in a household where like, yeah, everybody worked, <laughs> everybody worked since they were teenagers. Well, my parents worked since they were children. Like they both had to drop out of school, like elementary school to start working and like feeding themselves and their families, you know? And, and yeah, and like my dad had, was always just a really hard worker. He had like five kids to provide hope for back in Mexico when he, you know, he was living here and doing all kinds of different 
like jobs and working in the fields and working in construction. And it was just never an option. Um, and my two, my two sisters moved here when they were 16 and 17. They both graduated high school early and they moved here and like immediately, like the next day, <laughs> actually one of my sister was just telling me, cause they came, they didn't come at the same time, but my eldest sister who came here first, like my dad literally took her to get a job the next morning. And she was like, I don't fucking speak English. Like, I don't know anything. And my dad was like, yeah, you're going to work. Like you have to go to work. And he, you know, um, also helped her get like a better job later on. And like, she was telling us this whole story, but that's, that's how my dad was like when, even when it came to school and work, like that was, there was no options. <laughs> like that's not an option for you, bitch. Like the day that literally also the day after I moved here, like he enrolled me in school. Like there was no period time, like adjustment period or time to like <laughs> lounge or whatever. Uh-uh. <laughs> we got things to do. Right. And he was always like, I remember he was when I was a kid, like he was already older. He like had enrolled in a computer class to like try and get a better job. Like he was always just hustling. Like my dad was like a fucking hustler. And yeah. And my, and my mom too has always worked like taking care of like kids and cooking and cleaning. She also worked in the fields for, for some time over here. Like they've just always just did not have an option, you know? Um, like most people, right. Like we all have to like work to survive, but it was just never a question in my head. Like you have to, you have to just fucking do it. And I think also mm -hmm. like coming from poverty, there's, uh, this just strong urge to like get out of it and never look back <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and never look yeah. back. And also like, there's this very strong, like the immigrant, like exceptionalism, right. Of like being the exception to the rule of you have to literally work so hard and push yourself and be exceptional in everything you do, because that's like what, what, what folks have to do to be paid attention to, or to like, make it, or to like, quote unquote, make it out, you know? Yeah. To like, like the bare minimum, you we can't have be, to be absolutely exceptional. You yeah. Exactly. You have to be the best. And I, yeah. I mean, it definitely doesn't help that living in America, which is like uber racist and xenophobic as it is. And so, yeah, if you're going to, I don't know, whatever language like if yeah if, so if you're gonna be here right like you gotta work your ass off like fucking prove that you belong here which is so fucking stupid too you know yeah that you're what like was... that you're like a good immigrant quote-unquote yes. right like that very shitty exactly yeah what i'm saying <laughs> it was so wild to me when i figured out where my work ethic came from i thought it was something that was just born in me for a while like maybe special like no it's not not that's not what happened what happened was yeah you know, I'm I'm first generation and it was interesting thinking about my parents relationship with work because that was really the first thing that I saw right so my mom has always been a workaholic I've never like she half-asses nothing this woman whole asses everything <laughs> so like she worked so hard and she like she was always the one who would like stay late at work, who would be busting her ass and all of that. Um, so, and, and she was never like off. She was always available to me, to my brother, to my dad, to work. She was always available to everybody. So that's sort of what I had ingrained in me. I was like, oh, this is how a woman exists in the professional world is just always being available. And then my dad, I mean, he worked, like he, he's had the same job for literally decades, and he doesn't like it. Um, he's very upfront about that, but he's like, this is my role. My role is to provide, my role is to provide stability. It doesn't matter if I'm happy eight hours of the day. Like it's more important to me than I'm able to provide for my family. So like not ideal, I think relationships with work. So like, what is following a passion? What is that? Mm -hmm. When something, when it's something that we can't afford. That's what right. That is. <laughs> And then like when I graduated, very similar situation to you, Liana, like I was, I had a full-time job and I had two side hustles and I was barely making rent. Like I was working 50, 60 hours a week and it was exhausting. And I remember very clearly there was a day in the apartment that I was living in at the time, uh, we got a notice that they were going to raise our rent by a hundred dollars. So that's like $50 per person. Cause I was living with another person and I had a full 
mental breakdown. I was like, I don't know where the, I don't know where the money is going to come from. I truly do not. Cause I don't, I don't have anything. I was paying student loans. I was doing everything by myself. I, I didn't have help from my family at all because they didn't have the capacity to, and I wouldn't expect them to, you know? Yep. And I realized yeah, that a lot is, of my work ethic what is came help? from, yes, what is I, help? I genuinely don't know. I, 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 um, I don't know if y'all are getting those emails for um, those student loans, but I keep telling them, I don't know why y'all are not sending that to Joe Biden because it ain't me. It's above me now. It's above me now. Don't be asking me to pay no fucking student loans. Okay? Like, right? Like, <laughs> and I think for me, like my, my work ethic, when, when I realized this, I was truly shook to my core. It comes from a place of fear. Mm-hmm. It comes from a place of scarcity. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. because yep. when I'm thinking back to like times growing up, you know, when I was freaking out over an extra $50 of rent and not knowing where I was going to go and having to plan like, all right, do I have to like live in my car for a little bit? Like uh, <laughs> I, there, there was a time where I literally had to like choose between food and other things. Right. So some people use Tinder for dating. I use Tinder to get a free, <laughs> free fucking dinners. <laughs> I support you. Yeah. And that's fucked up that I had to, it's fucked up that I had to do that. Yeah. You know? And so no matter how much money I make, honestly, I'm always like, I, I am so scared of losing it. I'm so scared of being in that position again, someplace that I never want to be. And when I figured that out, I was like, all right, I really have to get to the root of this fear because it's not serving me in my professional life. It's just causing me all of this stress, you know? And like be able to recognize if you're not in that place anymore and stop making decisions as if you are, you know, Mm -hmm. so like, if you are like, by all means, like that's very valid. But I think sometimes people too, like, I think I do this. I, I do have a lot of fear around money and like scarcity. And I still operate from a place where I was like, make having to make those decisions. And I'm, I'm not anymore you know, but like, it's really difficult to like shift your brain to like a mindset of like abundance, right? Like, it's just not, it's not clicking. Right. And that's a big part of why I quit of like how, how I quit is like, I did all that therapy. Right. And then I realized, all right, my relationship with work is so rooted in, in fear and having a constant trauma response every time I clock into work, right. Of like needing that and, and, and believing that I had a very, that, that I was living in a situation of scarcity. And once I realized that I wasn't anymore and I had made a lot of really like good decisions and was very fortunate to be able to have something to fall back on, like that allowed me the freedom to be able to live a life without fear of that. And it's been so awesome. It's been really great. And I wish that everybody had that. I think on to- also with the fear, I know for me, it's also the idea that I never want to lose a job or like my money income because of something that I did. Mm. Right. So I never want to be responsible. So I want to do everything in my power, be it work my ass off, et cetera, just to make sure that at the end of the day, I can never be blamed for losing my job. Right. Because I, that's an experience. It's not a fun experience. It's not a fun experience to, um, you know, have to like start your life over based off of like other people's ex- like decisions and things like that. Like, I, you know, that's not something that I ever want to experience again. And so I know that even before that, that happened for, to me, I still just, I never want anything to be my fault, which I think definitely we, we can probably look at a litany of childhood issues of why that, <laughs> yeah, why literally. that way why I, I am very much that way you know I'm very much that way in every aspect of my life like I never want anything to be my fault and when it is my fault I'm fucking falling on my sword I'm doing way too much I'm apologizing way too much never accepting that like you can just be human and shit fucks up you know yeah um so I know I, it's definitely fear yeah I I'm not sure how but I feel like honest well it, it's the fear I think like what you're all saying is also resonating to me in terms of like the imposter syndrome. Cause I feel like I also operate from this place of like being scared that like somebody is going to like think that I'm a fraud. <laughs> like, I feel like one day I'm going to wake up and somebody's going to be like, huh, never mind. You don't have this anymore. Like, I'm going to take it away from you because you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Like that idea, it's still just like the fear, right? Like the fear of somebody like, you know, 
taking that from you or whatever? Um, so I may or may not have been, you know, really high, but I literally <laughs> where's this going? No, I sometimes being high is great and you but sometimes my anxiety gets the best of me. And so I literally would look around my living room and I think about I literally do stay prep in my head. What if I lose everything? Like that happens a lot for me. For the same reason that y'all said, like I I just recently have finally maybe started making a livable yeah probably should be have making for someone who's been out of college for 11 years or someone who has a bio degree that doesn't it should be your girl should have been making a lot of money for a while but anyway I finally have like a livable wage job like something that gives me a little bit more comfort and it scares the living shit out of me yeah like we're scared both in both situations is what yes. I'm trying to say, right? Like yes. we're terrified when we don't have that. And then when we do have that, we're fucking terrified. We're going to lose it. Yeah. Or that on some deep right. level that we don't deserve it when yes. now, we all do. Exactly. Well, it's that too. And then it's like, you know, I'm always, you, my husband had to remind me, like, he's just like, can you not just like look at the accomplishments that you have? And like, think I'm always like, nah, it was just luck. It's, it was this, it was this, it was this. And he's like, at what point are you just going to take, like, it, it was you, you know, like what point are you going to think that it was because of who you are, whatever. Um, but yeah, the money thing it is. And like, like what y'all were saying, I have nothing to fall back on. I have no parents to go to. I got no family to go ask for money. I don't, no one, I can't ask nobody to borrow anything. So like, yeah, that fear is so. It never like, really goes away or like, I'm right. It hasn't so far for any no, of us. No, I'm 33. Like I'm, I'm 33. Like, you're, you, no, it doesn't go. And I feel like when I'm 40, I'm not gonna feel comfortable. Like, I, I don't know. And then I think about having kids. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Like what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's like the place that our parents were operating from. And that's yeah. why their work ethic was what it was, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Like, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. Not only are you scared for yourself, but now you got like kids right. that you are fucking responsible for keeping alive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to say, speaking to parents, like my mom was a single mom. So she always worked. You know, there was never an off day. We didn't, she didn't do vacation. You know, she made very little money to take care of like two teenage girls. <laughs> it's a lot, you know? And that that's just too like Sandra you said you're one of five like what the hell you know like and I, I have no idea how she did it you know I I wonder if that also maybe contributed to just seeing somebody who has to go to work day in and day out whether you're sick or whether you're not you know um but I think it also taught me ways I don't want to be which I don't know if I'm like going ahead but when, when I was talking about like the boomer mentality of work like I ref- I I've never been a fan of it, even though it like kind of like dictates how we've worked or how I've worked. I can speaking for myself, um, but I've never been a fan of it because it's never been like, why did y'all think that was okay? Like, why did you think that like, just like, you know, why didn't you stick it to the man? Y'all are over here like kissing the man's ass and like being the like, yes, the master for everything. Like, I don't, I don't understand. And I'm very glad we're moving away from that. Yeah, it's, it's all fear. Like truly yeah, it is all, yeah. all fear. Yeah. Yeah, that's all super valid. And I think now, you know, that like millennials and Gen Z for fucking sure, like younger people. And also now that we we're, we're living through, uh, you know, Panini and a lot of us have reevaluated <laughs> Ponderosa have reevaluated our lives, really re- reevaluated what, what is valuable to us and what we want out of our lives and out of our jobs. I think it's shifted the culture. And now that there's just more people that are like, that is like a fucking non-negotiable thing. Mm -hmm. Like I will not tolerate or accept that, which is fucking fantastic. Like it's, it's boundaries. And when we should have always had boundaries, but never had them before. So I'm, I'm wondering like, what are some non-negotiables for you now when it comes to work that maybe you didn't have before the Panini or earlier in your careers? That's such a good question. I think for me at this time, I need a work culture that doesn't describe itself as being a family. Oh my God. (laughs) You know, because that's, that's what's, what's that code for? That's code for, we don't have boundaries. And here's the thing. I don't tolerate bullshit from my own family. So I'm not going to tolerate bullshit even more 
at work. That. I want an actual weekend. I want to be able to clock in, clock out. Don't bother me outside of work hours. Along with the, because I just joined the salary life, what a beautiful life this is. Um, <laughs> but I don't want set schedules. Like, do not tell me I need to be at my desk or whatever. First of all, don't tell me I have to be at my desk. No. <laughs> um, but don't tell me I need to be there at eight and be there until five. Like, I think it goes hand in hand with an eight hour workday is unnecessary. Let's be real. It is really unnecessary. Unnecessary. There are very few days where I need all of eight hours. Like there are very few days. Things work ebbs and flows. It really does. It ebbs and flows. Things take longer. Like, of course, there's exceptions and stuff like that. I'm just saying like the expectation of you need to work for eight hours every single day. And that's the only way to show productivity. I think it's like, that's a no-no for me. Especially because there's sometimes where you're working more. Yes. Because of a particular project or whatever. And it's like, yeah, if I worked like 10 or whatever, 12, I mean, there were days before this job where I was like really cranking it and not having any boundaries at all with my time. But then why do I, why would I be expected to work eight the next day? No, like you said 40 hours a week, right? Like you didn't tell me how to do those 40 hours. (laughs) And, And what is the point of that? Like, I don't understand that. And as somebody who like, you know, manages whatever other people. I have absolutely no need to know exactly how they're mm-hmm. using their time yeah. or if they worked for seven, 7.5 or eight hours that day. Like it serves me absolutely no fucking purpose. And it really pisses me off when I find out like people are like those types of managers. I'm yep. like, I, I really wish that there was more like levels of, uh, I don't know, (laughs) scrutiny given before you like allow people to be people managers. Like they need to be compassionate and like, don't be like a piece of shit. Like, (laughs) I don't know. I I tell my staff, like, don't just like busy yourself with random work because you feel this guilt that maybe you're having like a lighter work day. Mm -hmm. That's not necessary. Don't just look for, that was like, I hate it. I always felt like I needed to do that up until probably this job. Like I always felt like I had to be busy the entire fucking time. And if I didn't have something to do, like you find something to do, you know, but like for what? Most of the time that shit was just like unnecessary. Again. I mean, it's just another way to like, yeah, not be, not have boundaries and really just like work you to the ground and like, like that guilt. It's honestly, I still feel that Sandra. I still feel that sometimes when I have downtime, I feel fucking guilty. I have to like justify it or something like that. You know, like it is, it's a really hard thing to shake. And I don't have anyone up my ass. Like for my last two jobs, I haven't had anyone up my ass. No one had, like I've had way better bosses and like things like that over the last four years. And I still haven't been able to shake that. Yeah. It is, it is really, really hard. Like busy work. I, I, I hate busy work. I think it's, I think it's, um just like story time my husband says in the military on the boats when you don't have work to do they make you clean yeah you just have to like no you know I yes I also do still feel guilty about it I'm trying to shake it off too because another thing I realize is (laughs) we are such competent people that what takes us an hour to do yes take somebody else yes two days bitch yes mm-hmm. two like yeah. because i've experienced it in group project settings yes where people are like okay here's the timeline when do you think you can get me this it's like oh i could probably do it in like two weeks and i'm like uh to like i can get that to you today <laughs> like i try to not be that person because that's also annoying mm-hmm. <laughs> but like there's also that right like we are operating at that level and so we shouldn't feel bad for like taking a little downtime because actually I did a lot of work I yes. just did it so efficiently and quickly that I'm done now that's it it's not even like exactly that's exactly it I just got to asked to do a report two weeks ago it took me like two hours to do they were like oh I should have told you I didn't need this for two weeks like thanks for getting this so quickly and I was like <laughs> it's it's so wild that like our like 30 percent our 50% mm-hmm. is better than some people's 100%. 100%. Yes. <laughs> it's so yeah. fucking true. Yeah. yeah. 
Like, I, why do we even have imposter syndrome when that is I, the reality? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Someone needs to come stop us. Like, seriously. Our I therapists know. need to come in. Yeah. They try. They try. They really, they really try. But you said it, Tanner. That's what it is. Like, I swear, I do. I told you, I will have a whole fucking to-do list. I'll just be boop, 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 boop. Good. And then I'll feel guilty. Like, oh man, I still, I need to have more work. Like you just completed like a whole day's work. Exactly. Like, (laughs) you know. That's how they get us. Um, They really do. We are not put on this earth to look for things to do. Similar to to like, you know, oh, I didn't say what my my non-negotiable was. Yes. Um, Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's boundaries. It's now I can spot, you know, like a, a, a boss who doesn't have boundaries from like, 10,000 miles away and I'm like no I will not be doing that <laughs> no thank you like I yeah it just totally impacts your ability to set work boundaries and it's hard for me the whole like being available 24 7 and Lauren I'm sure you feel this too but when you work in communications like especially crisis communications and especially in like the type of work I do where it's just fuckery after fuckery after fuckery like you have to be available pretty much all the time or like that's kind of an expectation because at any point some shit could be happening and you like have to release a statement you have to send like you know all this comms to like staff and board members no. it's like it, but it like I know but I, I still definitely feel it. and I think that's very maybe specific to the job but like I've definitely like had to write three day like memorial day weekend. on weekends yeah. on holidays mm-hmm. like one time <laughs> for legal reasons this is a joke one time I was at a bar and like I had to <laughs> I had to like crank out a statement I mean because it was like a Friday night or something I was like oh lord but that's yeah that's another level so I also well here sorry on oh. the topic of crisis communications I just um, I have started, and this is a very recent thing because I've just started rewatching Grey's Anatomy. Thank you, everybody. Um, but um, in the first season of Grey's Anatomy, um, Miranda Bailey is like, if I'm sleeping, don't wake me up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they either be dying, they should either be dying, like on the brink of death or dead already. Yeah. Or, but no. No, she said it's, if they're dead. Brink of death because if they're dead already, then you'll have woken me up for no reason. No reason. Yep. And I think I've had to like, tell my clients and tell like my, my bosses, I had to just be like, what is a crisis? Like, what exactly is it? Cause like a crisis is an emergency. Not everything is a crisis. It goes back to your boss. Cause you know, some bosses are just like, everything's important. Everything's drop of the hat right now. And when really you're like, this is not that, like this could have really waited. Like this definitely yeah. could have waited, you know? What are some red flags that you now see from 10,000 miles away? from like employers slash bosses? Um, As someone who was recently, and it like still kind of is like looking at job descriptions and like for trying to get clients, um, here are some buzzwords that mean (laughs) I will not apply for your position. I will not uh, give you a proposal for me to be your consultant. Um, If they want a rock star or a ninja. What? Yeah, nobody has any of those things. Like, oh, we need a marketing ninja. Okay, there's no such thing as a marketing ninja, first of all. (laughs) I can't believe that's a real fucking thing. Yeah, and like wanting someone who's a rock star? Nope, nope, because a rock star would not be working for you. Would not be working for your marketing agency. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, And, oh, and... uh, I mean, this isn't a lot of them. And I think this is not necessarily that it's a red flag for them, but more just like I've reevaluated my life and this is not what I want out of work anymore. If something's as uh, working for a fast paced work environment, I'm taking my life slow, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, that's fucking hilarious. I work slowly. I work intentionally. I'm not cranking out like 10 hours worth of product for you every single day. Fast paced is not where it's at. Those are my theory. (laughs) Damn, those are good. I think it goes to the boundaries thing. Like when your boss is like advertising, they're like, yeah, I'm always available, blah, 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 blah. No, mm. no, 
tell me you have hard stops. I really appreciate that. Cause oh, I mean, that's I, such a good one. Yes. It's, I can have a hard stop. Thank you for that. You know? So that's just one. I wish, I mean, I did recently just get a job, but it wasn't like, I didn't have to, I didn't search for it. It was one job description. That was cool. Um, but in the past, yeah, Lauren, the fast paced thing, it's never good. Um, or like when they say you need to be like, like, I like change in a job. Like I like having different jobs, like, you know, being a multitasker. I like that, but I don't like when they make it part of their job description. Mm -hmm. Cause that's very telling to how also what that environment's going to be like also, you know, like I am a good multitasker. Yes. However, if you make it an expectation, just like, yeah, we're just going to keep throwing shit at you. <laughs> you can catch this. You can do this, right? You can do that. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah, that's a sign of a company that doesn't have a clear idea of what their priorities are. Exactly. Because they just keep throwing stuff at you exactly. and expect you to multitask and get it all done. Nope. I think one thing for me is like, I mean, yeah, like the boundary thing I already talked about. And also like if someone's passive aggressive <laughs> and oh. I guess that's not something you can determine like in a job description and stuff. But like once that happens, like run, <laughs> like start looking for other jobs because it's just like the sign of just like terrible shit to come. I just like, cannot, I cannot deal with passive aggressive people. And this is not even like a boss thing per se. I've mostly experienced it with like coworkers and I cannot, cannot handle it to the point where now I just like, I don't know, like I ignore the tone <laughs> and I'm just like, I go to the facts because I'm just like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like go in a, a circle with you. I just, I can't deal with passive aggressiveness in the workplace. I, another one for me is high turnover rate. So it's not something that you can really, I think that's something you can kind of weed out. Like when you ask the question at the end of the interview, um, because I am one who seems to think that I can be a better worker than whoever was there in the past, um, right? I, I will always think that I can do better. And I'm going to tell you, you might be able to do better, but I don't know if it's going to get taken that way. Like, it's still going to be, if like, if, if there's a high turnover rate in that particular position and like leadership hasn't changed, it's yeah, a pretty good probably sign. a reason. It's a pretty good sign that, that that's, uh, you know, you know, yeah. Yeah. Stay away. On, on that note, big red flag for me if you click on the about us and you see the pictures of everybody all right you can say oh it's a diverse workplace or whatever and whatever <laughs> percentage of people um yeah. are racially marginalized right but if you look at it and your org structure is all white people at the top and then you've got all people of color at the bottom that's like everything it's like a gradient <laughs> yeah um it's 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 it, it's giving off big plantation energy and I'm not oh, interested. What? I'm not interested. She said big I, I said it and I mean it. <laughs> if that's your org structure, think think about that. Oh my god. Oh Literally my god. every nonprofit I have ever seen yeah. mm -hmm. or worked every at in my entire life. One. Every so I've volunteered for nonprofits. They're like that. I've worked at mm -hmm. nonprofits. They are like that. Like I, I do not. Mm. Yeah. Also, this also is another way I am being told more and more that maybe moving to the East Coast. There's a little bit. I think we're on the wrong coast, y'all. Are we? I think so. I don't wanna. I, me either. Me either. I'm a cat. As long as my mom is on this coast, it's the right coast. Yeah. Right. As long as they got a uh, 20 degree weather, I ain't there. I'm out. <laughs> like, no, no. <laughs> I think we talked about this a little bit in our last episode or started to already, but the work from home life. I don't know why that was song. <laughs> oh my God. It deserves a jingle. That's why. It kind of it's so good. It does. Tell me about your work from home life. And also earlier, my little, for legal reasons, this is a joke. Have you seen that like trend on TikTok? Like, like people will do TikToks of them, like doing random shit, like during the work day or whatever, mm -hmm. they're just like poking fun at it. Right. Like they'll be like taking naps and then they'll like move their mouse. Right. It's like, I'm working, I'm working. <laughs> yeah. But then all their captions are like, for legal reasons, this is a joke. Is or like, joke. if you work with me and see this, you didn't like, <laughs> <laughs> yep. they're so funny. Um, yeah. Work from home is amazing. Like you know, we've had almost two years to get used to this for sure. And I definitely realized I do need some type of routine. Um, 
because otherwise your girl will stay up to 5 a.m. because I'm a night owl. Um, so I can't do that because like, even if you're working from home, if you have work, that sucks. I've learned that the hard way. Um, but, you know, I definitely get to work out at home. I get to take breaks as needed. Um, I get to, I love the fact of doing stuff around the house. I'm someone who likes to like, like organize or clean or things like I do that when I'm anxious to do that when I'm happy, I'm sad, whatever. So like, I like being able to take breaks and do that. Like wash a load of clothes, like all those chores that would usually wait to the end of the week. Like, I know that sounds really lame to talk about is like chores, but it's really nice to break up my day and like break up my week and take care of different things around the house, run errands, go to the doctor, which is like really nice to be able to go to the doctor in the middle of the day and then not like derail your whole day, which I don't know, for some reason, when you're in the office and you have to leave, you never want to come back to the office, <laughs> you know, um, things like that. Like, yeah, I've just. Basically taking think- care of your human needs yes exactly like for me that's been the best thing and I don't know how not I I I don't know how that would ever I would ever go back you know um my eating situation is still a little weird but I don't know if we want to talk about that but like I think I will say I felt like I ate better when I was out you know I eat like regularly and had to plan for it yeah and now yeah not so much I kind of like that I can snack all day that's just oh, how yeah. my body works. <laughs> I like that I can snack all day. I like that I like if I want to take a shower in the middle of the day or go for a walk or something. Just like the freedom of being able to use my time. I think the most important thing, so that I don't repeat anything that Leanna said for me, is I can choose when I am being perceived, <laughs> like when I am being <laughs> watched, right? Because in an office going there every day, it's like I'm in this cubicle or I'm in my office and like people have access to being able to like view me at any time. And I didn't realize like how freeing and liberating it is to just be able to like exist in my body and wear kind of whatever I want and, you know, prioritize my comfort as I'm doing things. Like maybe I'll work from the desk. Maybe I'll work from my couch. Maybe I'll work like just that freedom without having to worry about somebody like looking over my shoulder and wondering whether or not I'm working hard enough is like, the best. Yeah. It's like the ability to do small things for yourself that just like make you feel good, make you feel better, like bring a little more joy into your day. Like I moved into a new neighborhood and I, just a few weeks ago, I haven't really like been able to explore it a lot yet. Um, and today I like decided to go for a walk in the middle of the the work day, which I, I hadn't done and I live next to two schools and I realize I haven't gone out during this time at all before, but there is like so many street vendors outside, like waiting for the kids. There was an ice cream truck. I was like, oh my God, I can come and get ice cream. There was like somebody selling hot dogs. There was a paletero. There was a ra- like raspados. It was fucking lit. And I just like loved I, I, the that, that I could just walk out and like get myself a treat or just like, you know, experience that. And I went um, to a little mercado like on the corner and I found like, you know, like my little neighborhood shop that I'm going to go to now. And I was just like having so much, this sounds so silly. <laughs> I love mercados though. I was having so much fun just like exploring like what the little store had. They had like the ayudas like to make yourself and they had like all these like Mexican products and candy and like Oaxacan chocolate and I was like having just so much fun (laughs) it's so silly that's beautiful it's not not silly it's beautiful I was like yeah like why why wouldn't I be able to like carve these like little moments of joy into my day like that's what it is for me whether it's like going out into like my balcony and like having, you know, like a latte or like making a tea or doing like, it's just like carving those like little moments that makes, that make life less sad. Yeah. <laughs> and make why, life worth living. Like that's what life is supposed to be about. Yeah. And like, why would you want to deprive people of that? Yeah. Capitalism. Literally. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it's worth noting not having to wear a bra is just... <laughs> strong contender I you know I have small boobs we talked about this in an episode too I always wear a bra I'm wearing a bra right now 
What's I wrong mean, with me? I'm on a video, but I mean, if it makes you feel more like comfortable being on video, that's totally fine. I've yeah. I wear when I'm by myself. Like I just, yeah. I think I have to explore that. Is what as I'm soon as, this, as soon as this, I press end, one hand's going back here. <laughs> out. Hell no, no, no. I do not. Absolutely fair. I will say, I think it's because also they're not as uncomfortable for me, you know, as they are for yeah. y'all. Cause you got yeah. a lot to support. You know? A lot of support. You got a lot Everybody. to support. Um, when it's all aboard the F train, you just got to put on a little um, something. Exactly. Um, and you, I mean, the shower in the middle of the day is amazing. Cause sometimes it just feels good. Oh, oh, I've also washed my hair through the middle of the day too, which we know this is like an hour's process. So I can like wash my hair put deep conditioner on, still work. Go rinse it out, still work. Like that stuff is amazing. I just really like that. I like the ability to do that. And yeah, weekends are freer. I don't know if that, I mean, I know it's a little weird because everything's still, not that we're like still going out a hundred percent as like we used to, but I do feel like my weekends are more full. Cause like I said, I don't have to take care of the things that I would usually wait till the weekend to do. Um, yeah. yeah. They're more for you. Yeah. They always should have been. Right. 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 So I have a question. <laughs> if you, okay, what would be your ideal job? And I'm not talking about a dream job. Okay. Cause we don't dream, we do not dream of labor <laughs> of labor, but an ideal job. <clears throat> that's not really a job, but like if it existed, it would be just like fucking fun to do it. <laughs> and I have an example. So do you know how sometimes companies will hire hackers like they'll hire like IT people to hack into their systems and find like the gaps in security that like they need to address. This is the thing. Okay. So I would want to do that, but like as a life version of that, where I like hack into a stranger's life and I just like, you know, I, I explore their life with them. I like see who their bosses are, who their partners are. I like just explore it, like get real into it. And then I tell them, like, these are the weakest links. <laughs> Drop in that terms partner. Of people? In, in terms, terms of, of people? In terms of people or situations. Like, you need to move out. You need to quit that job. You need to dump him. You need a roommate. You need to, like, you know, whatever. It, you need to start see, going to a therapist. You need, like, whatever it is. I just kind of tell you, like, these are the gaps. <laughs> but it's not like a therapist or a life coach because I'm not actually going to like help them solve their problems. <laughs> I'm just going to tell them what it is. That is my ideal job. And I will say that it's 1000% my Virgo moon speaking, nobody else. Like my Virgo moon is like, I want to judge. I want to judge and tell people <laughs> what's wrong. I want to be paid to judge. And then I want to like bounce. Jesus. Please, somebody make this a job. Like, oh my God, I will do it so well. That's a good one. That's a good one for sure. I can <laughs> see you doing that. I can see you having like a whole reality show about it too. Oh my God. I'm pretty sure she already does it. That's the thing. She already. <laughs> and for free. I'm giving exactly. out my services for free. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay. So you know how there are um, financial doms? Yes, we love and them. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I just don't have the confidence for it. I just don't have the confidence for it. And no matter who it is, I kind of don't like being mean. Even if they told me to, it'd just be really hard. Um, how, however, I think that they've got a really good gig. <laughs> no, my, my, I, I think that I would like to accept, um, money from white people who feel guilty about, about white privilege you know, because I really don't ever want to talk to someone who's like violently racist, like absolutely hates me, you know, but I will <laughs> accept like interactions with white people who feel bad about the, the state of, of race in the world and are willing to the open up their wallet. The state of race. And just want to like shower you with money. 
Yeah, pretty much. Like, I, here's 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 my ideal person to extract money from, and I think it'd be a really good arrangement, and they would feel good about it, and I, of course, would feel good about it. Have you read White Fragility recently? Like, is it your favorite thing? Have you posted like a fun little Instagram picture with all of your like? Let's talk She's about for clients fragility, <laughs> please. <laughs> Like, have, ha, have you taken something like that before? Have you considered DEI stuff for your work and really like, and, and have had a listening session of some sort oh and want to listen some more? Um, just Have you know. traveled to an African country and take a picture with all the little black kids? You know, mm-hmm. that would, they would probably have to pay too. But then you, but then they had to realize like that was wrong. And then to appease their guilt. Yes, exactly. They're trying to give money away. Well, so it, no, this would be her, this would be her advertisement. Have you done some of these things? Do you feel guilty about them? <laughs> Paul, Lauren, you know, like here's Lauren's phone number. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, just put it in my cash app. Just put it yeah. in my cash app. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say thank you. And like the ideal situation would be, I don't need to like put my trauma out there. I don't need them to feel like, to like hear all of the stuff that's gone wrong in my life or whatever. I just want them to acknowledge like, Hey, shit is unfair. I have this extra money and then to freely give it to me and have it just be like a nice, like free flowing exchange, just like easy, <laughs> quick, quick and easy set a recurring donation to my life. I will, I will light a candle for you to have this job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, so I feel like mine does definitely already exist, um, but I would do it better. Um, I would like to be a matchmaker, but for vacations. Oh, this is interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, just interview folks, you know, figure out what they like and then come up with like the dream vacation for them. Um, so mine's not as like noble as y'all, but it, and it's also just kind of. Oh, mine is not noble, girl. <laughs> but it's like a, yeah, it's like a, a travel agent, but like cooler. Yes. It's a now I want you to do it for me. Right. Do it for me. <laughs> but but you have to know if you're gonna be Leanna's client for this, you're gonna spend some money. Like she's not gonna plan a non-bougie vacation for you. Like you might have limits or whatever, but no, she's picking the luxurious hotel. Mm-hmm. She is picking the nice, tr- she's picking the nice shit. So don't yes. come to her unless you have some money to spend. Exactly. So I don't want any broke ass friends to coming over here. Right? <laughs> I need your salary to be at least X so that you know you can. Yes, exactly. Thank you, Sandra, for putting that. Because I mean, you you, you have to say. It. Did you see yeah. that that TikTok of um that Cody guy from Peloton who's like, when you go to brunch, like don't invite your friend oh, who's gonna yeah. be like. Exactly. The one, the I only had yeah. this one yeah. thing. Exactly. <laughs> I hate that though. I genuinely hate that. Like when people, and I'm like, when people like pick, oh, I ate this. I ate this. Like just split the check. Just split the check. Split the check. <laughs> Keep it moving. Like when there's too many people, when there's too many yes, people, you can't exactly do that. Like, can't do that. And also I only ordered a salad. That's your fault. Order more. <laughs> like what the hell you fucking do? Like request a separate check ahead of time. It's that's not, exactly what it is. Exactly. Like don't don't wait until everyone is like ready oh to go or whatever. Hack, that's an option. It's always oh. been an option. Yeah, there you go. I mean, okay. I did learn this the opposite way because uh, my family like is always trying to be the one to pay the check for each other. So mm-hmm. sometimes you got to get in early. Like as soon as you meet the person who's seating you, you have to like lean over and be like, all right, you like, please give me the entire check. It doesn't go to anyone else. It goes straight to me. Or like, oh I'm going to go to the, <laughs> or like, I'm going to collect the check at, at, at the host station. So don't oh, put it on the. Oh my God. Uh, look, Sam just <laughs> did this to me. My friend literally just did this to me. We went to Korean barbecue. Literally, the, I'm like, she goes to the bathroom. That- Comes back. Ooh, smooth. The shit's, yep. shit's paid for. I was like, oh, can I have a check? He's like, oh, she already paid for it. I was like, Sarah came. I was like, you're always sneaky like that. Like always. I I yes. only speak like in TikTok now where I'm like, did you see that TikTok? Like I'm <laughs> I'm so fucking annoying. But did you see that TikTok where it's like two like Middle Eastern women and they're talking about this and how it's like, you know, they'll always like fight each other to do that. So it's like, oh. 
I knew you would try to pay. So I already gave my waiter the card. And the other one's like, I knew you would do that. So I switched it with mine. And the other one's like, I knew you would, I knew you would do that. So I switched out your wallet. I knew you would do that. So like, it gets to the point where they're like, I replaced your son with my son. (laughs) I replaced you with me. Like, it's so hilarious. amazing i have not seen if you find please send it to me I will, that's lauren and her family that's it that's it for sure oh my gosh <laughs> you, you gotta I'm move gonna... in silence you gotta move in silence you can't make your intentions known you gotta go in knowing exactly what you're gonna do and then you just gotta make it happen you gotta steal that check you gotta pay it oh my yeah. god that's also so sweet that you all do that i love my that. family's the exact opposite my family will be <laughs> like how to order all the food and then dip out early like yo Yo, Daryl, you knew oh you had to pay God. the bill, but you left early. Like, yeah, my family would be the ones leaving, leaving one person with a check. So, <laughs> um, yes, someone always doing too much. Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry, maybe that's the other job that I would have is like strategizing <laughs> for people how to get the check before everything. Oh my God. There's a niche for this. And on the flip side, you could also help large parties. Yes. You know? Yeah. Can make an app. Like, let me just pull up Lauren real quick. Okay, so it's figure this. stuff out ahead yeah. of time. Yeah, you know, so that it's not like a gigantic fucking mess at the end of brunch, and everybody's already tipsy and trying to figure it out. So hard. And you can pay me in brunch. I'll just be there. I won't say anything. <laughs> I don't need to. I'll eat my brunch in silence. I'll get the check. I'll do all the math for you, and then give everybody. <laughs> yep. Their specific. The exact amount. Theo. The exact amount. The exact amount. I'm gonna I'm include tip for them and tip for me. Oh <laughs> I love it. Okay, let's let's work on all of these ideal jobs for us. I think they're yeah. fantastic. <laughs> oh my god! All right, y'all. Well, to sum up, look out for those red flags in your workplaces. Know that you absolutely deserve better carve those little moments of joy in your life and just always be thinking about your ideal scheme (laughs) yeah and um treat these jobs like they're replaceable because you are definitely replaceable and they are too they are too yeah exactly so thank you so much for listening um and stay tuned for our next episode bye Into the Queer Bit is hosted by Leanna Augustus, Sandra Duran, and Lauren Manalo. It is edited by Sandra Duran and Jason Augustus. Follow us on Instagram at Into the Queer Bit.